Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Going to be a great conversation today. Can't have enough conversations on this show about how just to make us better and make us better in business, better in life, better at mixing the two and finding that balance is going to be an impactful conversation. Very much looking forward to it. I'm joined this morning by Peggy Caruso. She's an executive and personal development coach, an entrepreneur, and the author of many books, including the new one that we're principally here to talk about called Revolutionize Your Corporate Life. Peggy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, the pleasure's mine. I appreciate you making time. I know you got this new book coming out, so appreciate the fact that you are busy, but I am grateful that you stopped by. Before we get into a discussion around this new book and, and all its related subject matter, take a, a quick minute and just tell us a bit about you and your background and the work that you're out there doing. Sure. I am an executive and personal development coach. And I'm an eight-time entrepreneur, so I got into the business because I am so entrepreneurial and I love the corporate world. But I also do things on a personal level. I uh, coach children and teenagers, college students, stay-at-home moms, laborers, and corporate. I do leadership training and team building. I have a wonderful facility that I do retreats, and I also teach relaxation. Oh, boy. There's only about 97% of the world could benefit from those teachings. So, okay. So the new book, again, called Revolutionize Your Corporate Life, A Simple Guide to Leadership, Balance, and Success in Your Business. So I ask some variation of this question to virtually every guest I interview because if you were to go to Amazon and search for a book about how to be a better leader or to find balance in your life or to be more successful there are countless titles, and, and I, I guess the, the, the question I ask of you is, why did the world need another book on these subjects? What, what's different about your approach and your message? Because I do a combination. I do, again, the executive and personal coaching, but I truly believe that corporate and personal go hand in hand. I, I teach leadership and skill sets, but I also teach, again, relaxation, goal setting, you know, trying to find that balance between career and family obligations, time and stress management, we're all stressed. So to bring that all together is is what I do. And also, this is the third book in my series, Revolutionize Your Life, Revolutionize Your Child's Life and Your Corporate Life. I also teach success principles to children. And it's a very important to learn that because it teaches them success principles, which helps them become entrepreneurial as well. Outstanding. You know, I have this I, uh, gosh, second question. I'm already going off uh, off my agenda here. I, this idea of balance, I really struggle with that because I think, I'm curious as to your take on this. I don't think, I think if you're looking for balance in your life, then I think one of the two things you're trying to balance is really broken. Either your home life, your new relationships, or you're just miserable in your job or the work that you're doing. And you, and you say, well, because I'm so miserable in one of these, I have to be sure that I spend to devote time to the other. And because and, and, in my view, and maybe this is just how I am wired, maybe it's how the, I've set up my business and how I earn a living and do creative work, 
that I am me. Uh, my work is me, and, and I'm okay with working long hours. I'm okay with having clients text me at, at 11 p.m. I don't mind working on holidays. It's actually quiet. I can get a lot of work done. I don't mind weekend work. I don't have a Monday that I dread. I mean, I feel like maybe I have either achieved balance or I just I'm so comfortable with who I am and what I do that and how it integrates into my life that I don't feel that I, you know, I don't have to escape and, and get vacation time just to escape my miserable job. I, what's your take on all that? I mean, it, it, am I on the right path with my thinking or would you say, all right, well, Todd, obviously you have found balance. Well, I believe that we continually have to work on balance. You sound identical to me. That is exactly what I do. I take client calls at midnight if I have to. I'm very good at balance, but most people are not. And so I teach them how to balance between the corporate world and their home and the children and the running. Today's society, I see more stress than ever before. You have found balance, but we still need to do things like setting boundaries. I don't necessarily believe that me taking client calls at midnight is, is, is healthy because I do believe in proper rest and, and setting those boundaries for other people. So it goes beyond just the, the balance that you know, we hear all the time on the media. Yeah, that's well, one of those things that I, I suspect we'll long discuss and debate. I mean, it's it's an interesting topic. Ask 10 people their opinion on it, you probably get 10 different answers, which I think is part of the problem. It's also part of the excitement of understanding and studying issues such as this, because it's just everyone's wired a little bit differently. It's fascinating stuff. So this idea... I mean, I guess the crux of this book is to, is to help us better manage our time and stress. And there's obviously a lot more to it. Why are we, why are most people so bad at managing time and, and frankly, mismanaging stress? I mean, you're, in the daily run of life, you're going to have stressful moments. It's how you deal with that that is the real, is the real issue. Talk about why this is such a seminal problem in our culture and society. You're exactly right. Stress is huge. I think a lot of uh, the most of the issues that I see when I'm teaching time and stress to individuals or corporate people or groups is just the different things that come in with family life. So I believe that balancing career and family and time and stress go hand in hand. There are many stressors in life. A lot of people don't pay attention to what non-productive actions are and productive actions are. You'd be amazed that when, when people learn how many non-productive actions that they have and they can eliminate them, a lot of the stress goes away just in that one area. I think the issue there, I agree with you 100%, and, and that's a big shift I've made in my life, and maybe that's why I feel like I have maybe achieved balance, is that I have realized and recognized these non-productive activities. And, and I think there are a, a heavy majority of people out there are doing things on a day-to-day basis, and they say to themselves, hey, I'm being productive because I'm getting stuff done, but they have not recognized that most of what they're doing is unproductive. How do you, I mean, I guess awareness seeking and achieving awareness on these things is probably a huge part of the work that you do to help someone recognize, hey, all that stuff you're doing, giving, taking away all your time and making your stress because you're not able to focus on work or family or both. I mean, is is just opening people's eyes to this and making them aware of this? Is that, is that half of the work? Absolutely. I give them different things that they can do so that they are able to recognize them. The other thing is it isn't just the productive actions versus the non-productive, but it's also the saboteurs and the habits that limit them from reaching 
their desired outcome. That is something that that we go through is is understanding habits, whether it's your personal paradigm, which is a multitude of habits, or your corporate paradigm, which is a group of habits. So I help people identify what those habits are. And the first part is to recognize on self-reflection as to where they came from. Because I can have people in here that are 60 years old who want to change some of their habits, and I can do that. It took a lifetime to have those habits, but it doesn't take a lifetime to turn them around. And it helps them in the workforce so that they, you know, it doesn't sabotage them. Well, we could talk for hours on saboteurs and habits. So let's dive into it just a little bit here. This this idea of identifying the saboteurs. I mean, I, I, I think if someone was to allow themselves to sit down, relax, have a, a cup of coffee, and just kind of think and, and self-reflect on these things, they could probably pretty easily identify those. The big problem is they never give themselves that chance to sit down and think about it. Or the other issue with saboteurs is that they say, yeah, that's just my lot in life. If these are the things that are out there. I just I got to deal with them. I mean, do people realize that, that there are things they, that they it's OK and you're allowed and frankly, for your sanity and your health and to find balance, you have to you have to take out these saboteurs. You don't you're not resigned to a life dealing with these things. Right. Right. Because if you don't figure out what your saboteurs and bad habits are, then most people tend to do things like procrastination. So there's there's different reasons why you would definitely want to figure out what your saboteurs are, but identifying where they came from in your past, like I don't do psychology, I don't do psychiatry, and this might come off like it is that, but it's not. It's just understanding like from childhood, the developmental periods of a child's life and where those habits might have been formed. How do you change a bad habit? It's the classic case. uh, This is somewhat related to what I think you're talking about here. And I'll set up the question this way. I mean, the classic example of someone says, I'm not happy. I want to make a change. And I'm going to watch a a Tony Robbins motivational video. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to watch a Rocky movie. And I'm going to come out of that all fired up the next morning. I'm back in my old, same old routine. Changing habits. I agree with you. It doesn't take a lifetime, but it is hard, and there's got to be a process by which you do it effectively and get it to stick. But as we said at the top of the show, this process never ends. I mean, you have to continually be mindful of all of these things, and and it's it's a lifelong process. And that's and I look at that as a good thing because then you have control and you have awareness of all of this, and and you can tackle this. And that's just part of the daily maintenance of life, right? Right. I always say that I could, in five minutes, figure someone out and hand you the the perfect plan of action to help you achieve your goals. But if if you keep the same habits, you'll never achieve them because it's overwhelming. So understanding like the part of your mind that developed the habits is your subconscious mind. So your you know your conscious mind is your reasoning mind and it has the ability to accept or reject a thought at the conscious level. But once you accept it, it's in the subconscious mind and that's what produces your results. So once you understand that, you can figure out what is in your subconscious mind that has caused these habits? Hmm. So it's it's sort of a combination of awareness of the, of the issue, knowing mm-hmm. that there's a change you can make, but two, you have to take action on it because that, that's that's a common thing I've seen and observed over my life is people saying, "Oh, you know, I got a problem." Oh, yeah, you do. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Oh, I I don't know. <laughs> and then they just stop because they. I mean, I'm glad they recognize the issue, but they don't. They never take proactive action on that. I mean, I guess they're, I don't know. I don't, it just seems to be a, a common situation. All right. So Peggy and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. 
In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, I'm back with Peggy Caruso, the author of a new book called Revolutionize Your Corporate Life. All right, so Peggy, gosh, we talked about managing time, managing stress, and, and dealing with saboteurs and, and changing the bad habits that, that limit us. Uh, talk about how addressing all those issues and focusing on improving these things is is interconnected to to success, both in business and life, and, and also how it relates to, I suspect, Unlocking creativity, which which can change everything, both both in frankly in personal life and in certainly in business. Yes, to unlock creativity, you have to understand leadership. Leadership is to be in a leadership role is is how you begin to unlock that creativity for your team. Again, I do a lot of retreats. We place a lot of emphasis on the person in the leadership role. And it's many, many, I could talk about that for days. But just understanding the different personalities. Think about a corporate setting. You have to understand the different personalities that you're dealing with in order to be effective, like effective communication and, as you said, awareness. So when we were talking back about the habits and the saboteurs, think about things like, body language and how that could affect creativity and success. I'll give you an example. I've had corporate, especially men who are in a corporate setting and they tend to walk through the facility with their shoulders hunched, their hands in their pocket, not smiling. So to the people who are under them, they tend to think that they're mean in their position when really they're not. So it's just that awareness and identification of, of all the things about yourself. In my view, a leader, a good leader is someone who's focusing on empowering and enabling and providing the tools to the team to achieve the work. They're not, they're not the ones doing the work. Bad leaders try to do all the work or bark orders to say, you do the work I want, I want done versus empowering people to, to do the work and be creative. I mean, how big a problem is that? I mean, I, I guess another skill, being a leader is hard. And in what, because I think one of the roles they must play is they have to recognize that the people that they're leading, whether it's whether it's leading themselves, whether it's leading a team, whether it's leading an organization, that that the people that that they're they're serving as a leader, they all have these time stresses and and stress stresses, and they're dealing with bad habits and, and all these saboteurs. I mean, how how important of a role sort of leader play in, in trying to understand? that the people that they're leading are dealing with these things and what role do they have to play in help them dealing with those? I believe the best leaders that I have ever seen in, in my particular environment are the ones that are good followers as well. Mm. Like I've had three restaurants, but I have done every job in that restaurant from the very lowest job to the highest job. So I understand what it takes to bring that team together. I had 
children who are 14 have to work with a 60 year old woman and the teenagers and the older people. And it's, it's that, you know, <laughs> the technology and, and the things that the older people are lost on. But I had a great team. I had a, a fantastic team. I also did it in my coaching business. I'm the one who founded it. I've done it. I've done every part of it. And now I have, I train people to become coaches and they can come in and do what I do and I can totally understand and help them. So that helps make me being an efficient leader. So how do you, if you're listening to this and you're saying, gosh, you know, now that I'm thinking on it and hearing what Peggy has to say, I, I've, I now realize that these things that I thought were just just parts of my life are, are actually saboteurs. And, 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 and I realize that uh, there's an approach I can take now and I can, I can actually change this habit that I realize now I thought was just in my DNA. I actually can do something about that. How do you start? I mean, how do you begin to, this is not something you can fix overnight. Becoming aware of it, obviously, as we've discussed, is, is critically important, but, but taking action and ma- making the change. I mean, how do you begin this process? I mean, what, are, what are the keys to slowly turning this thing around and, and getting a handle on it? Well, a lot of people would probably think this is, is silly, but it works. I, again, I can, I can hand you a good plan of action, but if you don't have that basic foundation of your house, it isn't going to work. And I always say that basic foundation seems like these insignificant small things, but they end up being the big things that, that are mind for mind strengthening, just like physical exercises. So I teach them to have calmness of mind so that they can think more clear. So relaxation, meditation, I have a zero gravity float tank. I mean, these things are, are key to getting you to be able to think. It's, it's funny how many corporate men I have that say, well, I don't have time for that. And then after they go through my program, they say, Peggy, that was the, the best thing ever because now I'm far more productive. So I totally believe that you know, relaxation. I have a, a six-point program for my leadership, and it it also goes with what you're talking about about how you begin to make those changes, and they are relaxation, change as far as personal, social life, development programs, health, work habits, education, listening skills, effective communication, and awareness. Those are the keys mm. for leadership. I love the fact that you answered my question with uh, how to get a handle on this is you have to focus on meditation and relaxation. I, I think that's great. I want to dive into that a lot more. It's the, and I'm thinking of the classic story of the teacher who goes to the student and says, you need to meditate for one hour a day. And the person, the student says, I don't have time for that. And then the teacher says, well, then you need to meditate for two hours a day. <laughs> so I, here's the thing. The I'm 47 years old. I didn't start meditating until I was probably 44, and and I'm still learning, and, and I would still consider myself undisciplined in it, but boy, do I think it has made a, a real powerful change in my life, and I still think there's far too many people who think this is an exercise where I have to sit in that funny cross-legged style on a mat, I have to burn incense, and I have to play Yanni in the background. <laughs> And, and they also think this is something that I, I could never do this in an office place because I'd be mocked and I'd be, I'd be looked at strange. Talk about how someone, because meditation can be, a, and there's a lot of different styles and types of meditation. Sure. 
and there's different ways that people practice it. I mean, I used to, when my wife would prepare a cook, she loves to cook and loves to experiment and mess around with different things in, in the kitchen. And I would always just say, I want to be in there with you. And, and she would say, no, I, I'm happy to do it alone. And I would persist and I would say, hey, I want to, this is a good time for us to be together. One time she looked at me and said, this is how I meditate. So leave me alone. <laughs> you know? And that, and that the peace and quiet and just being with herself and with the thoughts in the kitchen was how she did it. So everyone does it differently. I mean, I, um, talk about how the, the, the typical business person who thinks that they're, 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 they're too busy, they don't have time to even give two minutes to this. I mean, how do they, how they begin to meditate? I mean, what, what's, what are the key principles to beginning to get a handle on this? Everything you say resonates with me. You and I are a lot alike in yep. the way that, that we do things. Is, is understanding what meditation is. It isn't exactly what you said. It's not anything weird that you sit up and hum or cross your legs. It's just getting your mind calm and clear. So in order to do it, it's a process, and it takes a while before you can train your mind not to run away. You know, you're thinking about laundry, you're thinking about deadlines, you're thinking about all kinds of different things. So you can, as you said, there are many different types. You can sit, you can sit at your desk, you can lay down and do it at night or in the morning. I've been meditating for years and, and it totally affects my day if I don't meditate. But you can do total silence. You can't begin that way because it's too hard. So a lot of times I'll tell people to use guided meditation. You can have just music, you can have words. There's, there's all kinds of ways to begin. But then when you get to the point where your mind is starting to become strong, you want total quiet. And, and I mean clear, like you're not thinking of anything. It's, it's a, a true benefit. Mm. Yeah, people don't, I, I, I think the initial problem is that people who have not done it, they, they don't envision, they can't envision how this changes everything. And, and, and at first when people start, they say, well, Ty, my, I, my mind wanders to a million places. And I say, well, that's okay. And, and the reason is because you're finally listening to what's in your mind, uh, you know, and that's, and you know, that's, that's how this thing starts. It's just recognizing these things when, you know, the whole point is when you catch yourself wandering, you can then bring yourself back and start counting or breathing deep and counting whatever that, whatever your exercise is. So it's fascinating stuff. I, and it, would you agree with me that even, I mean, there's a website that I just happened to stumble upon years ago that I just get a kick out of every now and then I push it out there on social media and people freak out and I say, it's do nothing for two minutes. And most people, like, couldn't even fathom the thought of sitting there doing nothing for two minutes. They can't even get their head around that. And, and that's, to me, that's just so amazing how we're so stressed and anxious and worried that we can't even figure out a way to sit quietly for two minutes, for goodness sake. It's amazing to me. Talk about relaxation techniques. And that's related to this, but there, there's different, I'm, I imagine there's a different thinking about this, uh, but that's something that everyone could benefit from too, obviously. Well, a lot of people don't understand is if you have a difficult time clearing your mind, do things that are relaxation techniques that require, force you, you know, require you to stay there like massage therapy, Tai Chi, yoga. But I have a zero gravity sensory deprivation float tank. And if anyone out there is listening and you have one in your area, I highly recommend it. Mine isn't one of the pods, it's an actual six by eight room, but it forces you to be in there in total silence, total darkness, in a foot of water with 1,200 pounds of Epsom salt for one hour and you float. And you do clear your mind in there because you're in there for an hour. So it, it's, it's such a wonderful thing to force you to 
stop for a whole hour. And it, there are so many therapeutic benefits. It's not just for relaxation because it's magnesium sulfate. It's it's very good for you in many ways. Gosh, I now I uh, is is forward thinking as I would like to think I am on these things like meditation and relaxation and getting peace and solitude and all that. I I have never done anything like a zero gravity sensory deprivation time. That sounds absolutely fascinating. How how often should you should you do something like that? Is it a weekly thing? Is it a daily thing? I mean, when needed, how's that work? You can do it daily. You can. There are people who sleep in them. The oh, guy wow. that built built mine, he sleeps in it. And one one hour in the float tank is equivalent to two hours of sleep. It's it's amazing how you feel when you're done. And it's like I said, it's sensory deprivation. It's skin temperature, so the water's not hot or cold. You can't feel yourself. So you almost feel like you're floating in air. You're you're totally floating, but you just can't feel anything because the water is skin temperature. So there was a thing where I read that scientists estimate that up to 90% of your brain's normal workload is caused by the effects of routine environmental stimulation, uh, the combined effects of gravity, again, what I said, temperature, touch, light, and sound on the muscles and the nervous system. So all of that goes away in that tank. It's amazing. It sounds amazing. I mean, as I'm thinking about it, I mean, just hearing you discuss it and thinking about what that experience might be like, I mean, I feel I feel more relaxed already. Just just pondering the idea of it. So I can't even imagine what I'm going to have to figure out how to experiment with that because that sounds really interesting. I have to assume there's access to one in my downtown Chicago area. Oh, absolutely. I I bet there is. (laughs) I would think. I mean, that's that's fascinating. So, and I, shoot, it wouldn't surprise me that in five years time, you're going to start seeing corporate campuses having this as part of their recruitment process. Hey, and you come here, we have a cafeteria and a yoga studio and a zero gravity sensory deprivation tank. I mean, I imagine that that's going to start, <laughs> you're going to start seeing more of that. One quick final question for you. I want to, we just spent a good amount of time talking about meditation and relaxation and this zero gravity idea. Forehead smack someone who's listening to this and say, and explain to them why this matters to how they do their business. Because once you gain that calmness, you have clarity, you can think better, you can do better decisions. I mean, part of leadership is being decisive, being able to do quick decisions, which requires what? Your intuition. And you learn to develop your intuition by this relaxation. That's just the beginning of it. So anyone listening, it's not like, okay, you go through a corporate program to help you reach your desired outcome and that's all you do is meditation but the relaxation is definitely the beginning of it and there are many steps along the way so it's I think everyone needs to figure out what their habits are and and all the things that we talked about today to start making positive changes in the work Mm-hmm. Well, Peggy, as I, su- as I suspected, we could probably talk for five, six hours on these topics, and, and perhaps we'll reconnect down the road a bit and dive into some of these things a little bit more closely, because they certainly are important and worthy of uh, further exploration. So, But for today, unfortunately, we're about out of time. So before I let you go, should anyone have any questions, how do they contact you? Where do they learn more about your organization, which is called Life Coaching and Beyond? And most importantly, would they get their hands on all your books, including the new one, Revolutionize Your Corporate Life? My website is lifecoachingandbeyond.com. I have a lot of good podcasts and different things on there, good information for people. If they're looking for something, they can always shoot me an email. And my books are on all the online bookstores. Amazon is, is ready to release it on May 2nd. So it's up for pre-sale right now. 
All right. Peggy Caruso, executive and personal development coach and entrepreneur and author of many books, including the new one called Revolutionize Your Corporate Life, A Simple Guide to Leadership, Balance and Success in Your Business. Peggy, it was a real pleasure to have you. Thanks kindly for stopping by and joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. All right. It's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Peggy Caruso, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to intrepidmailinglist.com. That's intrepidmailinglist.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on iTunes. And to support the important work we do on your behalf, a rating and review on iTunes will help spread our work far and wide. Again, we certainly appreciate your support. Now get out there, be intrepid, and we'll see you next time.